0: You are now listening to The Fighter Hayabusa Show. Welcome everyone, I am Mascara Fuego. A little late to put up the show, Uh, I was waiting for New Japan to put the uh, all-in show up on their site. Um, Looks like they waited 24 hours until the show was up. Yeah, I know I could have paid for it, um, and I was going to, but then New Japan announced that it would have it up, so I decided to be patient with it. Anyhow, All In was a pretty great show um, that had something for everyone, honestly. Uh, not a perfect show at all, but I don't think ever, anybody expected it to be. Um, but it was what it needed to be. It was. We'll get into it. <laughs> um, let me start off with the, uh, the WGN Zero Hour show. Um, I thought that was pretty good, and they did a good job, um, you know, doing that one last push to get everyone to to buy the, uh, the event, um, off the top, the Bucks and Cody came out to do another hard sell for their show. Um, there was a lot of pro wrestling tea commercials, um, between like the WGN show and the uh, all in show, but kudos to those guys for finding a niche in the industry that, you know, is sometimes hard to crack into. Um, the first, uh, first match, we had, uh, SCU of, uh, Scorpio Sky and Frankie, Frankie Kazarian taking on the Briscoes in a non-title match. You know, the Briscoes are the, um, ROH, uh, tag team, uh, champions. Uh, crowd was heavily into SCU, even repeating their, this is the worst town I've ever been in bit, um, it was good shit. Um, Kazarian and uh, Sky were dressed as Rocky and Apollo Creed, um, uh, respectively, um, this was a pretty good opener with the Briscoes going for like a, a doomsday device at the finish, um, only to have Kazarian catch. I think it was Mark um, uh, while he was jumping off and, and catching him and doing a, a power slam for the pin. Um, good match, man. I, I really thought this was the, um, really good to start the show off with and kind of you know get people excited for the show. Like I said, the crowd was heavily into SCU. On content, on commentary, we had a uh, Ian Ricky Bonney um, from ROH, Don Callis who does you know like Impact and uh, and New Japan and PWG's own Excalibur. So it was really cool to see Excalibur on a, on a big stage. Um, I thought they did a solid job during the commentary the entire night. Honestly, um, next we had the uh, over the top over the over budget Battle Royal, um, which was great and gave everyone in the match some shine. Um, standouts for me were, um, Marco Stunt getting the first elimination on Moose, uh, joining, uh, Grace, uh, showing off her power against Brian Cage, as well as the Hurricane getting choke slams off of several people. The end came when, a uh, Bully Ray threw out Grace and Colt and thinking he won, and then the masked guy who Billy, or her Bully, um, had put through a table at the beginning of the match came back in and threw Billy out, or Bully out, and then unmasked to be Flip Gordon, um, who would then go on to face Jay Leather for the ROH title. Um, you know, battle royals feel like a throwaway nowadays. Um, just look at the Andre Memorial battle royal, um, the one that we get, you know, obviously every year at WrestleMania, but I, th- I thoroughly enjoyed this match. I thought it was perfect for what it was, and ev- like I said, everybody got a shine. Um, some in- interesting characters in it, and, um, you know, some in- indie indie guys, some former WWE guys, um, some New Japan guys, some ROH guys. I thought it was, uh, you know, well done. After that, we go right into All In. Um, the shots of the Sears Center were surreal. The place was just fucking packed. It just looked, it looked awesome to see so many people sitting in that arena. Um, so let me run down a few highlights for me for the show. Um, it was so dope to see Chris Daniels get to be a part of this. You know Stephen Amel couldn't have couldn't have been in there with anybody better, honestly. Amel, uh, some of the highlights where Amel did the coast to coast, you know, um, that it's a spot that Shane McMahon does, but most famously is, is an RVD um, spot and he did it really well. Although you can see that uh, Chris Daniels was leaning in a little bit, but you know what, whatever, dude, the, this, this was awesome. Um, there was a spot where Amel goes off to the top rope. And um, he jumps off the top and right into this table that um, Daniels had moved. So he just took the table just fucking hard on the uh, on the floor. Uh, Jerry Lynn was the referee, which was a nice touch, and almost went at it with Daniels. Uh, the end of the match came when Daniels uh, got the best moonsault ever for the win. After the match, both men shook hands and you know celebrated. Um, I gotta say, for only being a Mel's third match, I thought he didn't look, you know, ridiculous out there. I think he did a good job, and like I said, he had the best dance partner he could have asked for in this match. Mandy Leone and T- Tennille Dashwood were on commentary for Britt Baker, Madison Rain, Chelsea Green, and Tessa Blancher. Uh, before the match, there was a nice moment with uh, Tully and Magnum with uh, when Tessa came out, which was really cool. Um, you know, uh, Tully obviously being her biological dad and, uh, Magnum being the, the man who raised her, basically. Um, I gotta say, this was a really great match and shows that the women's division, or the women's evolution, quote unquote, isn't just, uh, taking place in the WWE. All these ladies hit hard and didn't get overshadowed by anything else on this card. It was a solid job by all. Um, after the match, they got a standing ovation, and this is awesome chance, um, you know, strewn across the match, they, it really, they really did a great job here, um, you know, and like I said, it, it shows that, you know, it's not just the WWE who's spearheading the, uh, the women's evolution, that there are some, uh, you know, awesomely capable women of, of, uh, living outside the system. The net, the next match on the show was for the NWA title, um, at first I thought this going on a little early was, uh, it was bad planning, but when it was all said and done, the placement was perfect. Um, at the beginning of the match, they did a rock, you know, Hogan spot where they just kind of like let the crowd kind of chant back and forth. And they just kind of like look back and forth. It was pretty awesome. Uh, what this match did well was tell a great story. Not the best match physically on the card, but man, I it was all story and so damn good. One of the spots that did stand out was when Atlas uh, was coming off the top rope with an elbow, um, and then uh, it ended up to the back of Brandy, who was on top of Cody in the ring. Um, in the end, Atlas would uh, go for a sunset flip, which Cody sat down on for the win and the championship. The crowd lost their shit. Um, you could tell how much this meant to Cody after the match. Uh, this was a great moment, and I don't think you could have captured you know that at any other event this was r- just really cool shit um like i said not the most technically sound match you know when when you're thinking about you know the bucks and you know um the guys in the main event but it it just told a, a great story and was very emotional it was fucking dope uh after that match we got the chicago street fight between joey and um, who was with, uh, accompanied by uh, Penelope Ford, taking on uh, Adam Page. Early on, uh, there was an actual cracker barrel that got introduced and used, and uh, not only as a as a weapon, but as a Donkey Kong prop. As Page jumped over it at when uh, when Joey ended up like rolling it towards him, which was pretty fucking funny. Uh, Ford got involved and. Uh, Hit stunners on page. Hit a stunner on page after the mat- a matrix move, and then dived onto him, from the top rope to the outside, which was crazy. Um, another crazy spot was where Joey had set up two tables, you know, in the rampway, only to get powerbombed off the stage and onto one of the tables. Uh, this looked nuts, and since it didn't look like Joey got all of the table, like he he hit that fucking table hard. He only hit one of the tables. Um, Anyhow, at one point, uh, Paige's boots were brought out by Ford, and then she she got taken out um, before Joey hit a super kick um, to Paige's face, who was holding a boot. Um, the end saw Paige hit the rite of passage off of a fucking ladder and onto a table in the ring for the victory. This was a f- fucking spot, man. Uh, damn, dude. Um, you know I'm still not a fa- fan of pa- Adam Page, but. This match was really fucking great. I mean, you know, obviously more so because of Joy Jan- Janella. Um, that kid is just so dope to me. Um, good job on both their ends, but we know who was really the the guy who probably put this shit together. Um, after the match, we get these fucking dick druids on this stage. Um, and then Joy Ryan then returns. Uh, this segment was goofy as fuck. Uh, just done, kind of like one of the, those like a la Undertaker returns. You know, I, I'm not a fan of Joy Ryan or Adam Page, but the crowd fucking got into this shit and they fucking loved it. And um, at the end, the dicks carried a uh, page off. You know, it's something for everyone. It's not my cup of tea, but fucking crowd loved this shit. Flip Gordon, um, with Brandy, took on Black Machismo and fucking Lanny Poffo. Lethal was legit wearing Randy Savage's um, gear from uh, looked like a WCW era, I guess. But it was like legit his shit, which was kind of cool. During the match, Lethal thought that Brandy was Miss, Miss, Miss Elizabeth even at one point putting Brandy on his shoulder a la Liz. Uh, lethal hit several elbows off the top a la Savage and Warrior from WrestleMania 7. Um, so Flip, of course, played Warrior. Um, the end came when Lethal hit the uh, lethal injection to put away Flip. You know, it's a little bit long for me, but it was a fine match. It was fine. Um, after the match, Bully Ray beat up Flip and Lethal. Um... Colt came, then came down, so then Lethal, Colt and Flip put Bully through a table with a shield bomb. People tended to like, or people look like they like that shit, so it was good. Um, the next match was Pentagon versus Kenny Omega, um, and I can see people argue that this was their match of the night for sure, you know. I'm not going to argue with people on that shit, um, Just a solid back-and-forth match with the two guys who have never, you know, seen work together. um, And they were heavily over. At one point, Pentagon hit a package pile driver on the ring apron to Kenny. But uh, it was Kenny who would um, pick up the victory after one wing angel. For me, this was my number two match of the night. Just really good shit. And both guys were heavily over. After the match, though, the lights go off. And they, they went off for a while um seemed like a fucking minute but after they came back up Pentagon pops up and hits a code breaker but it's not Pentagon it's Chris fucking Jericho it was a great pop for the for for the reveal Jericho then tells Omega that he'll see him at the uh Jericho cruise just massive y2j y2j chance um damn dude <laughs> just when you think jericho can't outdo himself he does shit like this you know on top of that he left right after this flew to kansas city and performed with fozzy while still wearing the fucking penta face paint um i don't know man jericho is just totally one of the best of our time uh, and don't let anybody tell you different like this dude is just fucking spot on god damn it <laughs> Uh, my match of the night was next, which was um, Marty Scrooge versus Okada. This was the Rainmaker Okada, not the Raver Okada with the balloons and shit. <coughs> Excuse me, he got a massive reaction in Chicago. It was cool to see Tiger Hattori as the ref, um, which was a nice touch. Um, the story uh, was Marty trying to prove that he can hang with the heavyweights. This match got a lot of time, but from what it sounds like after the fact... They might have gone a little bit over their time, which impacted the main event. Uh, oops. Uh, the finish saw Okada put away Marty with a, with a stiff rainmaker. Oh, oh Look, man, Okada is definitely the Ric Flair of uh, our current generation because he can have a great match with anyone. But Marty brought his A game tonight, and his stock was elevated here, and I thought, like I said just a great match for me. And I I thought this was my match of the night for fucking sure. And finally, the Young Bucks and Kota Ibushi took on Bandito, Rey Phoenix, and Rey Mysterio. Rey came out looking like classic, like X-Men Wolverine with the yellow. It was dope. You know, another dope outfit from this fucking guy, man. He just knows how to fucking pull out these outfits when it's a, when it's a, you know, a, a big show. The main event was great. Um, awesome to see Rey and Ibushi in the ring at the same time. Um, all of them worked solid, um, but you know it was a short match for sure. Uh, there was one spot where Matt ran the stage and cannonballed on a Bandito and Phoenix, which was one of just many highlights of this match. Um, the finish came with the uh, Meltzer driver that finally put Bandito away. Crowd loved this match, even though it only went probably about 11 minutes. Like I said, I think... You know, I, I think Skrull and Okada went a smidge too long, which definitely impacted this match. Uh, right after this match, um, w- they cut and the show is over. Um, and we're definitely, you know, they were definitely cutting it close for sure. Overall, um, this was, you know, a momentous history making card. Um, I don't recall the last time a card kind of felt like this. Um,. Maybe after ECW's first pay per view, if I had to like rack my brain. This just felt special and it had something for everyone. I hate to say it, but this proved without a shadow of a doubt that the WWE isn't the end all be all. Um it once was for talent, you know. Um there are option out there are options out there. Um if you value craft over cash, you know. And um yeah, I can't, I can't say enough. This, this was, it just felt special, man. You know, I hope we look forward, you know, we can look forward to it all-in, two because this, this, in my eyes, was a straight-up success, you know. They were, you know, that first opener with, like, m Dog and that, and I forget what his fucking name is, he goes by his, his initials. they really could have cut that match and, and really invested that time with the main event, but whatever. It, it was just fucking solid, and, and you know, seek it out, you know, it's on New Japan World, um, on Ring of Honor Club, it's still on Fight TV, you know, it's out there, and, and it's worth definitely investing your time in watching the show, I thought it was a really good fucking show, um, all right, let's move on to last week's item, since, um, you know, like I said, I had to start the show a little late this, you know, I was trying to get up on on Saturday after the show because New Japan had said that they were going to get, you know, all in shortly after, but, you know, with as long as it took, um, I just ended up, you know, binging the show last night. Um, let's see, what other notes do I have? Okay, so, um, according to WWE.com, the Velveteen Dream will face Austin Theory at Evolve 112 and Darby Allen uh, at Evolve 113 on September 7th. Um, I love that they can pull shit off like this. I think that's that's a fucking solid get for, um, for Evolve. And um, yeah, I, I, I look forward to, to seeing, hopefully, seeing those matches. Because uh, between, you know, Austin Theory and Darby Allin, I think they'll be just stellar matches. All right, let's move on to last week's Raw. Um, you know, I thought the Seth Rollins and uh, Kevin Owens match was pretty solid. The reaction to Owens hitting the stunner (laughs) was amazing, although if you're going to hit someone's finisher like that, you know, you might as well finish them with that finisher, or at the very least, you know, have Rollins be close to the ropes or something, or put his foot on the ropes or slide, you know, out of the ring or something. Otherwise, it was really good stuff. Um, Where does this I quit angle with Owens go? These never end, you know, in a great restart for people unless... They're taking off TV for you know a little bit of time, and and he gets a refresh. But I don't know. I'm. I don't know. I I think <laughs> let's move this dude back to SmackDown. Um, what else about Raw? It was good to see Trish on the show, and she got some shine on Elias, which was cool. Um, it was a weird ending to the show with Braun coming off kind of heelish and aligning himself basically with Drew McIntyre and Dolph Ziggler. I think Braun's going to have the same issues as Becky Lynch. Um, people just don't want to boo this dude. So, I don't know. Hopefully he won't stay heelish for too long, and they're just using this, you know, to get through his program with uh, with Roman. Um, let's move on to SmackDown. The SmackDown... Opener was goofy as fuck with Booker T and New Day, but damn it, I enjoyed it. Um, there was a decent match between the Bar Gallows and Anderson and Primo and Epico, which was good. It was pretty good. Um, CN and Brian, I was excited for this match, but unfortunately, it was the backdrop to you know Miz and Maurice showing up. Um, I should have known better than getting excited for this. I was hoping that they would have you know some steam on this match before it broke down. But, you know, I don't think Brian is going anywhere, so hopefully we'll see this match, and hopefully the the two can feud properly. And um, And at the end of the show, there's just no way that anyone's booing Becky Lynch. These failed hill turns have uh, just made her a stronger face. I think they need to just realize that they need to shit or get off the pot and just basically turn Charlotte heel, which she's good at and leave Becky Lynch as this like badass antihero. I actually got to watch two o five. I watched um, uh, Buddy Murphy versus Kalisto, which was really good. Um, it was it, it really kicked in the gear after the Lucha House Party and Tony Nese got ejected from ringside. Um, this is when the match really picked up. Um, the crowd, the crowd was into this match, and Murphy got the win after the Murphy's Law. Um, Buddy Buddy Murphy is just so dope. I really wish he would have gotten a run like this in NXT, especially with the roster they have right now, but, you know, he's definitely the shining light on that roster right now. Um, I did catch the um, the Bracketology, the Mae Young Bracketology. Uh, you know, I love tournaments, and these Bracketology shows, um, you know, they just, they just focus so much on the individuals, and it's great, especially if you're coming in cold and don't know anything about these ladies. I thought it was really done well. Um, I'm really looking forward to this tournament um this year and probably even more than last year's. Um yeah, it's just a decent tr- crop of ladies that they got this year. Um let's see what do I have for NXT. Um damn, I I I just fucking enjoy Nikki Cross even when she's just crawling around someone's desk and shit and falling off of it. You know, she's just fucking entertaining. Um so far Keith Lee's been Dope in NXT, the crowd loves the dude, so they're doing right by that, by him. Um, you know, hopefully by the next big NXT show, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, November, um, he'll be in a decent program and he'll have a dope match on Takeover. Um, really ge- great match between Pete Dunn and Ricochet, um, taking on Adam Cole and Roderick Strong. Cole got the win after um, Ricochet accidentally hit Dunn with a suicide dive, and then ate a knee from Cole. Just as Undisputed was going to take out Dunn and Ricochet, War War Raiders made the save. This was my match of the week until seeing uh, Okada and Skrull, which took it from me. Um, Just, I mean, definitely seek out this match, but definitely for me, watch Okada and Skrull for sure um, yeah, that does it for me tonight, um, I'll be back Friday night covering, you know, WWE and NXT and the beginning of the May Young Classic, um, yeah, until then, I hope you guys are having a, um, solid Labor Day weekend if you're in the States, and, um, until then, I'll see you next week.